Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Love is the law on the Lori and Julia show, and we are feeling the love today. It's Thursday. Thursday is the new Friday, which means let's party. Let's have some fun. We got three hours. Let's let's fill it up with let's fun do it. stuff. We want to give a shout out to Sherry Workus. Workus, she won. Is she the ten thousand dollars this morning? And she that wasn't was one name. of ours, right? I don't know that for sure, but they're the names, all, all of ours. Yes. The name they're, sounds familiar, Racco. I, I don't know for sure, but apparently Jason was sneaky. So he named one real name and two fake names this morning okay. and and um, had, you know, Don dial them up, supposedly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And by the time Don called Sherry Workus, she was already like tearing up and everything, like uh-huh. so excited and knew she was one of the three. Oh, dear. Oh, and wow. then so they had her live reaction on the air uh-huh. to winning $10,000. So congratulations, Sherry. And congratulations, everybody else who won a sweet hundred dollars. Yeah. From us making, making the times a little bit better. That's right. Well, speaking of making the times a little bit better, I absolutely loved this story. Um, it was in the Pioneer Press yesterday. So, did you ever get a chance to go to the Gnome Craft Pub um, when they opened their deck? Remember they reopened, and it used to be called the Happy Gnome. Oh yeah, the one oh, on yeah, yeah, after yeah, yeah, they yeah. did it. No, so, I never even went by. Beautiful patio. So when the Quarantine happened again two weeks ago. He had to lay off 140 employees. And it was, of course, you know, the week before Thanksgiving. So he has reopened the gnome as a food shelf because oh, there are so many people which, in the restaurant and bar business right? who are really going on their 10th month of, you know, not working, not working steady working or income. losing their job once or right. twice. So he has, it's every Tuesday um, from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. until the restaurants reopen at the, at the Gnome okay. uh, Craft Pub on Selby in St. Paul. And he said he, the owner said he's gotten help from Neighbors have brought food, friends have brought food, food distributors, other restaurants, Ramsey County. Wow. So he's turned the whole outside into a food shelf every That's Tuesday. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I know so, so many, and it was something I think we learned early on when um, the pandemic hit and the restaurants were closed initially, you know, shut down before they were closed again, um, that that community are givers. Yeah. They're just givers and they keep giving and they have suffered so much. Yeah. And they're hanging on by a thread, even I with know the they takeouts, are. you know, day by day cafe and all these sort of, you know, independent, uh, they're trying to hang on, but people, if you have money, I mean, buy gift cards, Yeah, you know, take just tip, pe- tip, tip. Well, if you're getting takeout, that's and, right. And treat people kindly. All right. So we also have a couple of notable obituaries. We'll start with the, well, I mean, both of them, let's, let's say both of them are, they've had good long lives. So okay. we'll, 
We'll start with Lon Adams, Julia, who did pass away. L-A-W-N? Lon, L-O-N. Oh, L-O-N. Like Lonnie. Oh, like Lonnie. <laughs> Lon Adams, he was 95. The, the corona did get him, but he is the man who created the Slim Jim. Oh, I love a Slim Jim. Oh, don't we all? Oh, I love that. He was a World War II veteran. He survived the Battle of the Bulge despite being shot in the head. And um, while Slim Jims were first created in 1928, the current formula is Lon's work. Uh, And uh, he worked on the jerky recipe for more than 20 years at Goodmark Foods in Garner, North Carolina, from 1968 until 1991. Wow. And he's got two children and three grandchildren. But he, to perfect what we eat now and know is the Slim Jim, a road trip staple. I know. And I think I ate a lot of them in high school. Oh, I I love them. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I really anyway, Lon Adams, jerky. you didn't yep. know his name. So now we know. And then also Rafer Johnson passed away at home yesterday in Sherman Oaks, California. He had an amazing life. He's 86 years old and he is basically a decorated Olympian and an American hero. And he lived such an amazing life. His story could be a movie. He was an athlete, an actor, a philanthropist, and he was a hero. How about this? He was one of the men who tackled and subdued Sirhan Sirhan seconds after Robert F. Robert Kennedy was assassinated in 1968 at the Ambassador, Ambassador Hotel, in, Hotel LA. in L.A. He ripped the gun away from Sirhan and hid it in his own pocket. Really? And um, he became a goodwill ambassador for the United States and a close associate of the Kennedy family after he uh, uh, was in... Um, he was in two Olympics, but he was in what the 1960 Olympics, which is considered one of the most celebrated in the history of the games because it is when African-Americans basically burst triumphantly onto the world stage. Cassius Clay captured the boxing gold, then known, mm-hmm. becomes known later in life, Muhammad Ali. Wilma Rudolph swept to victory in the women's 100 and 200 dashes. And then her teammates won the gold in the 4 by 100 Relay Oscar Robertson helped take the United States basketball team to a team gold. And Rafer Johnson um, is the guy that, um, first of all, he became the first black athlete to carry the flag at an Olympic opening ceremonies. Okay. This is 1960. And he was a graduate of UCLA. He was a chiseled 6'3", 200 pounds and he was a favorite going into the decathlon. You know what Bruce Jenner then, you know, kind of becomes right. very famous for, which is, you know, to, it's all 10 events over two days. And he'd won silver. Rayford won silver at the 1956 Melbourne Olympics in the decathlon, finishing behind this other U.S. athlete. So he real and he had beaten the Russian guy in 1950 uh, who was expected right. to take the gold. So he had this stiff challenge, you know, it was a tough, tough meet, and he ended up um, being just like, he won, he won the race, like, with, uh, 
he won a heat in the hundred meter. That's what beat you know him and that last guy in one of the last things in one of the last competitions for the decathlon. Yeah, it was a very narrow very, victory. This is a sports show. It kind of is, and he, that's how he got to um, the Kennedys. Became aware, and then he became a goodwill ambassador. But he he got a world record. 8,683 points in the decathlon. And so anyway, he was just an amazing guy, and there could easily be a story, a movie about Rayford Johnson. If there isn't one already out there. Yeah, life. So anyway, that's uh, just, you know, the two notable obituaries. And uh, uh, my other news for you, COVID-related, are... The White House has issued a report that people under 40 should assume they became infected with COVID over the Thanksgiving holiday if they socialized um, outside of their household. Just assume it. Just assume it and that you're asymptomatic and this is like the deadliest day. I mean, you know, so that's something to pay attention to. The other story that got my attention is the mafia is probably going to try to get their hands on the COVID vaccine. It's the equivalent of liquid gold. Oh, 100%. To organized crime networks. Mm-hmm. So it's called the cold supply chain. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. You know, all these, the, I remember when supply chain management became a degree. Thing. Yes. A degree maybe 10 years ago, or maybe it was longer than that. And I'm like, hearing from my kids, their friends are going to supply chain management. I'm yes. like, what the hell's that? And organized crime is also going to be selling fake COVID tests. So, so we're going to have to be very diligent about getting them wherever over, our state guidelines. Yes, and stuff exactly. And I was at Walgreens yesterday. They had a big sign up. We don't have the COVID-19 vaccine yet. So people have obviously been calling that. Right. Yeah. So anyway, because they're going to be one of the distributors. Yeah, that's what we hear. All right. Listen, we come back. It's our story. We can't get enough of. Is that Kenny G on the horn there? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday. So George Clooney was on CBS Sunday morning. And of all the things he said, the one revelation that went viral was that he wasn't bothered about the hair situation and lockdown because for years he'd been cutting his own hair with the Floby and George is so good at being a celebrity. We wondered, was he pranking us? Was he making kind of a joke? Because he's an effortless celebrity in that he doesn't ever, you never feel like any, you never feel like anything is a chore when he's sitting down. He, you feel like you're having a drink with him too. So he's Mm -hmm. on Jimmy Kimmel last night and they go through this whole thing. He tells the story about, you know, that he does uh, a lot of the cooking. Amal can't even boil an egg. She makes reservations. reservations. He he, that was very funny. he alluded to his wife several times. It was very cute. His kids speak fluent Italian and neither he or Amal speak Italian. And then Kimmel finally gets around to the whole Floby uh, situation. And Ki- I mean, Kimmel is prepared because he's got two Flobies. So here we go. I assume you're aware of this, but you've been in the, in the news for an unusual reason mm. because you told a, a reporter that you floby your hair. You yes. give yourself haircuts. I do. And I've been doing it for years. How many years have you been doing this? Well, I, you know, I have had it for 22 years. Or Did something. you order it off of television? No, I got it off of, uh, yeah, I, I think my assistant got it originally off of television. And then it broke down and we had to... And then you couldn't get them for a while. People who have assistants shouldn't be flow being their hair. 
Well, I got her to flow be my hair for me. I don't do it myself. My God, that's cheap. For those who don't, you know, it's funny because I ordered a flow bee in like March because I could see my hair was starting to get a little shaggy yeah. and I didn't know if I'd ever be able to get a haircut again and I thought I wonder if they still make flobies and I ordered one yeah and well for and but weirdly a lot of young people who I mentioned it to had no idea what I was talking about they did they, they don't have that fish or the pocket fisherman either do they? <laughs> yeah right oh yeah I can't remember, remember what that was the popeel yeah, yeah the pocket fisherman Bronco or, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's play that commercial just so people get an idea of what the Floby is. Before the Floby, only a skilled professional could produce a good layered haircut. Yeah. Tens of thousands have been sold to satisfied customers. Why? Because it really works. Proper suction is the key to getting great looking haircuts. Yeah. With then no Kimo, cleaner. okay, that's good. That's good, Rocco. Then Kimo is superimposing. Clooney's face on the people in the commercials. Yeah, it was cute. Showing it, but he did, uh, of course he did. Um, he said he used it, and I would like to go on record saying, out of us three, I was the only you one. You only believed him, I that's believed right. Him. Uh, but he did say, it's the assistant. Somebody well, else flobies his hair. But right. then Kimmel brought out the floby, and they both kind of did like, floby it. I don't know that they were turned on. Well, but they, it was just, he's just... He's so fun. He's so rich. He's so happy. He never makes it feel like it's a chore that he's promoting a movie and, and telling you how movie, hard it is no, to be a celebrity no. and famous. The thing about that movie, I kind of am becoming more intrigued. Same. Lori and I hate anything to do with space. Pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's just called we Midnight rule it out. Sky. We rule it out 100%, but this sounds like it's about um, regret. He called it regret and relationships. Yeah. And it's an emotional journey. It sounds really good and it's on Netflix and well what he said he said we didn't intend we filmed we finished filming in February. I had no idea it would be so pandemic relatable because it, some of the themes of the movie relate to how people have what we've all experienced and stuff like this cuz they're basically trapped and they're trying to isolated. Isolated and they're and, trying to save Earth or yes. something like that. I mean, he looks like flipping David Letterman. He's got such a big mm-hmm. old man of the up north beard on. And he said the little girl who plays like the ten year old in the movie was like one one take uh, wonder. She he kept going to the other actors, see this kid? She does everything in one take. So Anyway, he just is a delight. He he's a delight. I'm dying. I guess. what I really just wish they would just show us a cute picture of those kids. I'm dying to see those kids. I mean, this is they look like mini George and Amal. I know, but I really am dying to see a picture. That's one of the things. Well, I see why they needed the laws in L.A. with the paparazzi. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasts platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
coming too close to the kids and everything. I miss seeing celebrities' kids' faces. Well, I you mean, don't see them because in California and they have it's against the law I, I to just take said their that. photos. I miss yeah. I miss the old fashioned days when we could see their faces. Before the paparazzi was always in their in their yeah, there's a lot of people though who share their pictures not of their these kids. Two. But We're they, not going to see these two. No, those It'll, are the two I want to see. Mm-hmm. It's just, just like uh, you know, um, Prince George. I mean, we were obsessed. We wanted. Yes. He was such a cute little toddler. We just saw a handful of photos, and poor Archie, Harry and Meghan's kid. Who the Nothing. hell knows what that kid looks like? Nothing. Nothing. I know. But these two kids, we saw the photo of them we in New one. York like a year and a half ago, and they we were like, they they the baby eyebrows on them. I love it when little kids have eyebrows. So many of them don't. She's looking directly at me because I had two <laughs> cue balls for two years. They had no discernible. They were eyes and mouths. Yeah, basically and feet. Yeah, we were laughing. Sock yes- monkeys. We were laughing yesterday. <laughs> one of my boys. What was that? Sock. Clock. Sock Sock monkeys. Monkeys. That's what she called them. <laughs> we, we laughed yesterday, the boys and I, and um, about one of them's feet were so fat that we, the, he was never in a shoe. And then he goes, Mom used to always make us go to stride right because you had those fat feet. <laughs> we were just, they're funny memories that your kids have, you know, about their the yeah. shoes and everything. And I'm just like, yeah, you did have fat feet. Well, and Rocco, your doppelganger was, uh, uh, Jack Black, Jack Black on Twitter last night. Twitter just got all up. I, I mean, I'm telling you, poor Chris Pratt. He is always, oh. always, um, there's always, he's always getting put up against other Chris's or anyway, something started on Twitter last night, basically saying, Sexy Jack Black could take over and do any role that Chris Pratt was ever in, but Chris Pratt could not take over Jack Black in any role that he did. And Twitter was just losing its mind over that. I don't so know. if you're wondering why yeah. your doppelganger, uh, Rocco, was trendy. I was wondering. And we posted it, the two photos. We know what you look like if you wear glasses and a scraggly, scraggly beard. Like you have a pretty good beard. It's not. I would I not try call to trim it. it. I would not yeah. call it scraggly. No, Before not at the all. pandemic, I would I would get it trimmed professionally. You would. And I'd now go, are you using a Floby? Um, I am using like a little beard trimmer. But yeah, yeah. I'd go to um, Jaime's and treat myself and get a little beard. Oh, trim. Jaime! Oh, I love that. I miss that. Oh, well, you can go and still the Jaime's. I'm trying. You know. Yeah, I know. Really... Double mask. I know. Everyone's trying to do whatever they can to be safe. Yeah. That's what I've been doing is the double mask. Mm-hmm. If I feel I did at that all. too. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'll put the paper one and then do the yep. other one. That's yep. exactly it. So anyway, and then the other thing people were losing their minds about was Gwen Stefani at the uh, Christmas at Rockefeller Center, which I guess was on, I didn't even know it was on NBC last night. She wore two Christian Siriano gowns. People were going crazy about her dresses, her ring, her ring, her lips, her face. Also, the fact that the NYPD had parked big, huge trucks all around the tree, so no one could. The tourists who were in town couldn't see it. Well, you can't even go see the tree without making a reservation, yeah, and, an appointment. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't want the crowd to get out of hand. Yeah, which it would have, of yes, course, because people. Would gather and go see and wouldn't care. And you know that everybody that was crowded around there, those are touristas. I mean, there's no sensible New Yorker who's going to be out in that mess. Coronavirus. (laughs) 
coronavirus. Sorry, I was trying to turn on Holly's mic. Okay, that's really funny. That was perfect timing. It was. That's perfect timing. Holly, are you on this mic? Are you there, Holly? I'm here. Okay, cool. Yeah. I found you. Yay. All right. (laughs) So we want to thank Voyage Healthcare. We want to tell you where to donate. That's my talk keyword, Santa. And to uh, discuss a little bit more about our gratitude to Voyage Healthcare, we're going to talk to the CEO, Joanne Joanne Stadnick. Yes. Thanks, Rocco. Hi, Joanne. Hi. How are you today? Pretty good. How about you? Well, good. We want to thank you so much because this would have been our third. It is our 13th annual My Talk um, Santa project at for Ronald McDonald House. And we would be out in the community and so many people would be delivering gifts, gifts to us. Yep. And so we want to really um, give you props for donating $1,000 in cash. And people can um, donate very easily by going to MyTalk1071.com, clicking on the Santa project. And donate and know that there's a match out there today. So thank you very much for doing this. Oh, we're very happy to be part of this. It, it, it's something, um, it's just such a good deed. Yes. In fact, um, even our patients and our staff, there's still uh, collection boxes for um, toys mm-hmm. internally. And then we actually have put together some contactless drop-off sites also. Oh, thank you for doing that. That's so awesome. Okay, so Joanne, you and I got to know each other a little bit the other day. But for other people who aren't familiar with Voyage Healthcare, tell us a little bit about your you know, clinics and what you guys do in the community and who you serve. So um, we are Voyage Healthcare, and we're independently owned. We're a multi-specialty practice in the north suburbs. We have about 100 physicians and providers, and we've got about 300 employees, and we're located in Maple Grove, Osseo, Crystal, Plymouth, and our corporate office is in Brooklyn Park. And when you talk and, about, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, you go ahead, you go ahead. When you talk about being independent clinics, what does that mean today to people? What does that mean? Well, that means that the physician that you're seeing in the practice actually owns the practice. So we are not funded by an insurance company. We're not owned by a large corporation. Who you see is actually the business owner. So we have a real vested interest in your health care, making sure that, one, you're taken care of really well, two, making sure that you're happy, and also being a multi-specialty, we try to get you serviced right away. We can walk down the hall and talk to a fellow uh, colleague and get you seen and get you back on track. Right, you're health. not having to pop, go all over the place for different different mm. reasons. Mm-mm. Yeah, Which is so nice for the patient. Is this kind of how it used to be? Yes. Yes, we. what's old is new again, right? So it sounds a little vintage, but I still think it's the best way to receive your health care. Right. And, you know, I can't tell you how many doctors I have had, I won't name at the clinic, you know, that it's part of, that have left said uh, clinic to go and work independently because they just, they don't, they're just not, they feel like they are better doctors if they could have that. Independence, Independence from the insurance you, companies. Yes, yes, basically. Ugh. Yeah, they. You know, you do. Um, the relationship with the patient is very special, mm-hmm. and you can really take care of the patient the way you need to, um, without any sort of parameters that are, you know, kind of put upon you. So I think it just makes the care so much better for the patient. Right. If you're just joining us, we're talking to our Santa Stop Match 
a thousand donation today. Joanne Stadnick, who's the CEO of Voyage Healthcare, we're learning about the independent clinics. And one of the things when you say about that, how important that relationship with their, your doctors, I still remember my doctors growing up. Not so much anymore, but growing up, you had such a family relationship. They knew your family. They knew you. They spent time with you. They asked you about things. And while you guys are independent, you still take all. I mean, all insurance companies are right. covered, right? Yes. Yep. Which is great. And, and uh, as uh, we talked the other day too, I kind of liken us to the farmers market of healthcare. Like we are organic. We're still here. We're you know we adore our patients, and we try to do everything to make sure that they're taken care of. That's so awesome. Now, well, I just have to imagine that the, um, you know, Ronald McDonald House and, you know, helping families, that would be near and dear to a company like Voyage Healthcare. Your heart, because thinking about anyone who's dealing with illness, uh, let alone, you know, the pain of having your child be sick. And Ronald McDonald House is amazing, and that's why we've partnered them with them as long as we have, because they really do so much good, good hard work. Yeah, it seems like, you know, um, as I was listening to you guys, this year is so hard, mm-hmm. you know, just in so many areas, whether it's the restaurants, the hospitals, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Um, kids, but life and, and health issues still have been going on. That's right. It didn't stop. And even though we, we keep focusing on that, there's still real issues that go on. And we're about helping the community and helping the kids, helping um, all the other causes that you have supported this year because it's so important for um, us to help each other and be good in the community and be good neighbors to each other. That is the truest statement. We're going to use mm-hmm. that on a replay. Yeah, there, Just tonight at 6.30, you're going to be right. able to hear this again, Joanne. <laughs> we, we, oh, boy. We really No, but that's so well said, and I think that's something. And, you know, when you and I talked, you told us also because you guys are independent, you have had some cutting-edge things that you've done with COVID this year, that you were the first clinic, you know, that implemented antibody testing. And, you know, tell brag a little bit about what you've done. Oh, well, first off, you really, I have to give props to our providers and our staff because they have gone with the flow. They have changed. We had to close some clinics at the beginning, displace people, move them around. COVID has brought on changes week after week after week. It's been drinking from a fire hose since this whole thing has started, and everybody has handled it so beautifully. I mean, I you know, just want to give a big hug out to the Voyage Healthcare family. Mm-hmm. Um, they are amazing. The things that we've done, like you said, is put in the antibody testing. We actually have created an acute illness clinic out in our Osseo location so that if you are experiencing COVID symptoms or flu-like symptoms, you can go to that clinic. And then the other patients who are not experiencing that can go to the other three clinics that we have so that they're not cross-contaminating. That's so, of course, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we did the drive-up testing. Uh, you still can get drive-up testing. Um, we did, like I said, did the antibody testing first. So we've been staying right on top of things. How, um, Joanne, how, um, like, like for the COVID vaccine, when that comes, will we be, is, will we be going to healthcare providers like Voyage to get COVID vaccine or that's all TBD kind of has to be worked out? Well, I think it's a TBD, okay. and as I was listening to you, it sounds like the mafia might take some of the vaccines. <laughs> right. so, Lori's conspiracy theories. I know it. 
I think that I'll have to pay attention to some connections people might have. But um, it's still just so early okay. in the game. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping um, you have to apply, you have to do some different paperwork to yeah. get the vaccine. But we're going to try our darndest to help our patients out. And um, it's going to be, well, quite the effort, too, when you think the coordination of all this. It's pretty overwhelming. And um, so many people, um, I heard you mention, want to be on a waiting list. Yeah. Uh, we're getting the same calls. So as soon as we can figure out what you know what's going to happen, we'll get the the word out. Oh, yeah. good. Then yeah. let us know. You know, yeah, I did. I went on a thing on the New York Times, and it said you had to put in your county, your age, if you what kind, if you were any kind of a like a doctor, nurse, a healthcare worker, firefighter, team, yeah, something like that. And it, I, I'm like, um, I'm basically based on my thing. I'm like. Um, Second to last to get the vaccine in Minnesota. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I'm in the I'm last, last. 400,000 people to get it, you know, but right. it's, but I do have, uh, it does seem like something that the medical, like between, you know, the government, that they'll get it figured out and it will be, you know, pretty smooth. Well, we know that, uh, you know, everybody wants it, everybody mm-hmm. will get it, and of course there will be people who thought they should have come first and, and yeah. aren't going to be, and it's really, that's the toughest part, because we all want to be safe. Those yeah. people that have not had COVID really don't want to get it, um, and then, you know, we don't know so many things yet about it, um, so it's going to be a real interesting thing to watch, but uh, our team, our COVID team that we have on it, uh, we're watching everything week by week. Uh, can I ask you one more question? This is just like a lot of people do their annual exams, uh, mammograms. They do a lot of things. People will just do it at the end of the year. They know they've made their insurance thing. Are you guys, can we feel okay? If you personally feel okay about going into your doctor, can people get their regular exams or should we not be doing that and just put it off for a little bit? It seems like we shouldn't do that, but I'm wondering what you guys are saying. Well, we are still, we still have appointments. Open. Okay. And like, like I said, we moved um, people that have upper respiratory COVID flu like symptoms to one clinic and so um, we've had these discussions, but people still need to get their health care, as yeah. I mentioned before. Um, you know, your health doesn't stop because right. of the pandemic. Okay. All right. I'm making right. my appointments. I, I know it. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much, Joanne. You bet. And and we're talking, um, you know, um, Voyage Healthcare and their clinics, are, they serve the upper, um, the northern region um, suburb area. And I'm just looking at... You know, the Santa Project, thank you for your donation of $1,000, but I'm looking at, you know, if you go to mytalk1071.com, click on the Santa Project, and it tells you, like, a donation of just $25 will cover the cost of school lunch for a few days at the Ronald McDonald K-12 through school. So it kind of tells you what $50 will go a long mm-hmm. way towards filling the pantry for the grab-and-go items for the parents and the kids staying at Ronald McDonald House. So it's real easy to donate. It gives you kind of a good feeling of what you're donating to. And according to this, I feel like you guys have stocked the school lunches for well over a year. <laughs> so thank yeah, you. The thought, the thought of anybody going hungry just, you know, puts a a pit in your stomach. So let's feed those stomachs instead mm-hmm. of have pits. So. Right. Well, thank you. And I and I loved learning more about, you know, Voyage Healthcare. That's This is cool. And thank you again for your support of my talk on. Thank you, Joanne. 
You bet. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. Have a good day. And now when we come back, Lorraine, what are we doing? Oh, we're going to get dirty with the housewives and just think somewhere in this world, um, Denise Richards is sipping tea and laughing and laughing and laughing. And you're going to tell us that who? (laughs) We'll be right back. Oh, Harry, Harry, Harry. That is a perfect song to be talking about. My goodness, there is a lot of... uh, Real life drama going on in the Real Housewives of Everything, but we'll start. We'll start with uh, Beverly Hills because we got this news yesterday. I mean, we were suspicious at the beginning of November when it was announced that Erica Jane and her husband were getting a divorce, and we talked about that he has a reputation of getting sued for not making settlements on these big, huge claims. And why that, get divorced now? They well, after seem so 20, happy. All these years. And Erica Jane, this past season on Beverly Hills, I believe she schooled Denise Richards and said, if you don't want your personal life to be part of the show, then don't be on a show that right. says Real Housewives in it. And here's... Denise Richards sipping because now this storyline that's in real life happening and making Good Morning America, which shocks me. Uh, yeah, Amy Robach reported on that. Denise Richards is laughing about just the you know idle gossip. Did she or didn't she have a threesome? You know, with Brandy Glanville because Erica Jane was annoying as hell. This. Last season, because the only thing she had going on was playing Roxy Hart in Chicago. And she was very holier kind of than thou. And that's not what we want from Erica Jane. I mean, she just became dull as hell. Well, it turns out we know why she's keeping the cameras away. Because all kinds of uh, depositions and people filing you, coming up, driving up to their circular driveway saying you've been served would have been on camera. And uh, so here's Amy Robach from uh, GMA talking about Erica Jean and her husband and getting a fake. They're getting a real divorce, but they're doing it to basically... So that she can keep money while he gets sued into the ground. The Real Housewives star accused with her husband of staging a fake divorce to hide money from the families of plane crash victims. Amy's here with that story. Good morning, Amy. Hey, George. Good morning to you. Thomas Girardi, who is married to Erica Jane, is accused of embezzlement. A federal lawsuit says he took money from a settlement fund to maintain their wealthy public image. I love you, baby. Bye. This morning, a reality show scandal. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Erica Girardi, known as Erica Jane. Most people talk about their fantasies. I'm living mine. And her estranged husband, Tom, accused in a new lawsuit of embezzling money meant for the victims of a plane crash to fund their opulent lifestyle. Being broke sucks and being rich is a lot better. The federal suit alleging the couple is faking their divorce so they can keep settlement money meant for the victims of the 2018 Lion Air plane crash represented by Tom Girardi's firm. The alleged scheme complicated. The law firm suing the Girardis claiming while Erica publicly filed for divorce this month, that divorce is simply a sham attempt to fraudulently protect Tom and Erica's money from those that seek to collect on debts owed by Tom and his law firm. The law firm in Chicago is saying to tuck away this money uh, in this divorce, he's going to presumably give it all to his wife or, you know, somehow have the money assigned to her. And that way he won't have to pay it back to these plaintiffs or to this law firm. 
Do you see why Denise oh. Richards is oh. sipping tea and maybe calling Camilla Grammer? I mean, because plane crash, embezzlement, uh, they've got a, a real law, a legal expert from ABC. Wow. Wayne in this. And, and the law firm in Chicago is a big company. And apparently Mr. Girardi's law firm, which he is the sole owner of, he, this has happened a couple times, well, and she's got an LLC yep. that might be also siphoning money away and, and under it. the guise too of um, <laughs> charity it. too. I right. mean, it's like they're the attention they're in, they're in big legal trouble. We got one more cup. The suit also claiming the couple's lavish lifestyle is fabricated, alleging Tom and his firm, Girardi Keys, are actually on the verge of financial collapse and locked in a downward spiral of mounting debts and dwindling funds while choosing to project a public image of obscene wealth at all times and at whatever the cost. It's expensive to be me. The 49-year-old reality star Erica has been entertaining viewers for years as her alter ego in music videos. And on television, an appearance she says cost tens of thousands of dollars to keep up. I think it costs forty thousand dollars a month to do Erica Jane. Oh, so my that's God. hair, makeup, costumes, wardrobe, and the whole production. Now the law firm behind the lawsuit, which worked with Girardi representing the victim's surviving relatives, calling the allegations against the Girardis some of the most troubling they've encountered in the past 25 years. Okay, so Erica, really, but if I think about it, the last two seasons... That's half a million dollars a year She's done almost. very little Erica Jane she has, stuff. She has done... And she's pulled way back, so I think that this has been coming yeah. for a while. But remember, because Dorit Piquet had some legal issues. Yeah, Dorit issues. Piquet, and then, I and mean... And then now this. I, but this, is, this is... Those huge. ladies bullied Lisa Vanderpump out over a dog, yep. and bullied Denise Richards out over... a hospital affair and here you have erica girardi up to her eyeballs yeah oh my gosh and it explains why she's kind of gone dark on that show and become dull because tom told her put a lid on it and also maybe there's not money except for a trip you can bring your glam squad we've seen very little erica jane i don't think she's put out a song since i don't give two bleeps or whatever that great dance song was this is yeah. I mean, but think about all the people that have been exposed. We had the well, originals then, from well, New Jersey. I mean, they were the original ones that were exposed. Oh, Judice, yeah. The Judice. Well, there's another East Coast uh, housewife under investigation by the feds for money laundering through her failed businesses. We don't know who it is, but you're kind of thinking... Well, it could. there's so many possible right. suspects if you look at who's on the East Coast. And then Kelly Dodd, last night on Andy Cohen, uh, uh, Orange County housewife. Okay. So she's been very, and you know, I feel uh, they've some of these like that. Orange County is the first show I think where they were started filming in the beginning of March. So there's a lot of casual COVID talk and smack talk, and Kelly Dodd sort of does the most, and also done it on social media. But she drops to Andy last night. She says Bronwyn, the housewife from Orange County, who's been battling with sobriety, came out as the first gay housewife, said she is faking it. And Andy, I thought was going, I thought he was going to try and counsel her not to say 
She said her whole sobriety thing is contrived, and I think it's fake. I know her well enough. It was pre-plotted. She wants to get her own show. She had this plan, and her talent agents told her to stop drinking. It's all contrived. I don't believe she's a real alcoholic, and you can watch the show, and you'll see what I mean. And, And Andy was just... Like, what did he say? Well, he kept asking. He said, no, I mean, are you sure you want to say that? And she seems like she's a blurter. Well, like she's, she has to apologize for a lot of stuff. Oh, she's 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 a nut. But there's all kinds of people saying nutty stuff. Uh, the housewives have drama. But my favorite so was my favorite favorite is those Salt Lake City. Oh, my goodness. That ladies. is just some Wednesday night. If you haven't started watching it, because I don't tip dip into this, but they have a different type of. Of, of drama, house, right, right? That is so fantastic because yeah. it's religion based too. It's so it's bizarre and in, interesting and, and, new. and new and new and there's snow and there's snow. <laughs> we haven't had that. No, we haven't. Oh, All right, well, we'll be back. Um, thanks for hanging out with us.